We took a trip to the safe area of Iraq, which is like visiting the Jewish area of South Dakota. For the record, there are 250 Jews in that enormous state, comprising mathematically 0.0% of the population. As for the safe part of Iraq, that's a tiny region called Kurdistan. It borders the mountains of Iran, so it is literally between a rock and a hard place. That is a great joke. I should stop right there. Kurdistan is a semi-autonomous region run by the Kurds. They have their own language, they police their own borders, everyone knows everyone because everyone's related to everyone. It's almost modern and almost peaceful, like Arizona. It looks like Arizona too. Vast stretches of desert, craggy mountains and buttes, deep winding river canyons. If Italy could make spaghetti westerns, you could shoot falafel westerns here. A fistful of dinars. The good, the bad, and the burqa. Gunfight at the OK Koran. The man who shot Libyan violence. None of these are good, so I gave you a lot of them. Here's one more and it doesn't even make sense. Al-Qaeda on the western front. We stayed in Kurdistan's capital city of Erbil, in a lovely hotel popular with American spies. They were well-dressed men who sat in the bar all day, nursing a single drink, eavesdropping on conversations around them. Maybe they weren't spies. Maybe they were just nosy, lazy, and bored. By the way, Nosy, Lazy, and Bored is the law firm that sponsors this podcast. Nosy, Lazy, and Bored. That bench isn't just our ad, it's our office. Kurdistan felt safe. So safe they built Iraq's first American-style mall. It was a shiny, spotless 80s mall right out of Stranger Things. And it had something most Iraqis had never seen before. An escalator. It was cute watching the Kurds navigate this thing. Waiting forever before they stepped on, wobbling and clutching the rubber railing for dear life on the ride down, and stumbling and being thrown off at the bottom. For most of them, the escalator ride was much scarier than the war that was going on outside their borders. We also went to a local zoo where the were no guards. Kids climbed into the monkey gauges for selfies. Teens pulled on a lion's whiskers. These kids were fearless. We felt safe in Kurdistan too. How safe? One day a black sedan with tinted windows pulled up to us. The passenger door opened up and the driver said, Get in. So, <laughs> we got in. There was an old man behind the wheel. He just wanted to practice his English. When I was a boy, everyone here could speak English. Now it's just ba-la-la-la-la-la-la. He gave us a tour of the town, then dropped us off at a beautiful church. The last church on earth still giving services in Aramaic. That's the language Jesus spoke. It was like listening to the original cast album of the New Testament. But there was still danger. The week before, 250 Christians had been gunned down in an Egyptian church. Our church was being protected by an 80-year-old man holding a machine gun he couldn't quite lift. When we left the church, he was holding it by the barrel, using it to knock lemons out of a tree. One night, we were riding a Ferris wheel. Iraq has lots of amusement parks because Iraqis have lots of kids. 4.6 per household, the most in the world. It was all fun till we reached the top of the Ferris wheel. We could see into Mosul, the next city over, where all hell was breaking loose. This was the time when Americans were being kidnapped, forced to make hostage videos, and then beheaded. What if that happens to me? I decide to write a play about it. I write plays for the same reason I do this podcast. 
Because after 40 years in TV, you get tired of earning money and having people see your work. So this week, a little change of pace. I'm ending with a short play called It's All in the Execution. I will be playing myself. Playing the terrorist is Persian-American comedian Dan Adut. I met Dan when we both spoke at a college in New Hampshire. Midterms had just ended and Dan was absolutely killing with the Friday night crowd. Then the host announced, and now a lecture from Mike Reese. As the squeaky lectern was rolled on stage, the crowd booed. I was all that stood between them and spring break. And they were really drunk. My host boasted to me, each year a third of our freshman class drops out with alcoholism. After facing this crowd in New Hampshire, I had no fear of a rock. So here's our play. It begins with me in a prison jumpsuit on my knees before a camera on a tripod. A bearded terrorist holds a large rusty knife to my neck. It's a comedy. Read. What? Read the statement. I, Mike Reese, am a tool of the oppressive and polluted... <sighs> to camera. I, Mike Reese, am a tool of the oppressive and polluted United States government... Is that a VHS camera? Yes. You're shooting my execution video on VHS? Who's going to be able to play that? Just my mother. She's the last holdout. Read. It's a waste of a beheading. Read. <sighs> I am a tool of the oppressive and polluted United States government... No. I will not condemn my country. I love America. I mean, not Texas. I'm, I'm not going to die for Texas or Arkansas. You ever been to Arkansas? <laughs> Look who I'm asking. But I will not condemn America, except for Texas and Arkansas. Pre pretty much the whole South. And Wyoming. All those square-shaped states. Wyoming, North Dakota, Kansas... They may be great, but I've never been there, and I've never met anyone from there, so I'm not going to die for them. But 31 of the 50 states I am willing to die for. A clear majority. You're stalling. Yes, of course I'm stalling. I'm in no hurry to have you carve off my head with a rusty knife. I'm selfish that way. You're the guys who can't wait to die. You just want to blow yourselves up and go to heaven and collect your 72 virgins. That is a myth created by the West to mock us. You don't get 72 virgins? No. What do you get? 72 white raisins. You've got to be shitting me. It is in the Quran. That's not even a lot of raisins. It's like two bowls of Kellogg's Raisin Bran. You will never understand us. I understand you perfectly. We've got millions of guys just like you in America. Religious nuts with big bushy beards who just love their guns. They're called the NRA. NRA, it even sounds like a terrorist group. And they are way crazier than you guys. You give guns to your followers so you can kill your enemies. The NRA, they give guns to everybody so they can kill their friends. We Americans kill more Americans than you guys ever will. So you don't scare us. We know just what you are. Just a bunch of angry guys with great big guns to compensate for your tiny little penises. Not true. You don't have tiny little penises? No. Just the opposite. You have a great big vagina? Read! You realize you have no leverage over me. You're gonna cut my head off. That's the best case scenario. There's nothing worse you can threaten me with. Read! That was a good talk. Okay, let's see. 
I am a tool of the oppressive and polluted United States government and its puppet state of Israel. Oh, big surprise. The Israel card. You have to support Israel. In your country, the doctors are Jews, the lawyers are Jews, the people who own the banks and the restaurants and the newspapers are all the Jews. Not the restaurants. We do not run the restaurants. We? We, we what? You said we do not run the restaurants. Uh, no, no, I didn't. I have it on VHS. All right, I'm Jewish. I'm a comedy writer. It's, it's sort of a requirement. I've been writing for The Simpsons for 32 years. Before that, I did a year with SNL. You know SNL? SNL, is that a terrorist organization? If you work there, yes. I even got to do a character on Weekend Update. I was Buzz. Buzz the Brazilian Bee. Oh, these horizontal stripes. I hate them. Do they make me look fat? Please, 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 don't be honest. Hello, ladies. Would you like a little Brazilian wax? I warn you, this is gonna sting. That was my catchphrase. This is gonna sting. It was so stupid, and yet the public loved it. Everywhere I went, people would say, Hey, Buzz, this is gonna sting. I was the hottest character on the show, and then one day the village voice said the character was racist. Overnight, the sketch went from hilarious to hate crime. SNL dropped the character, and at the end of the season, they dropped me. And you guys didn't even know I was a D-list celebrity. I was just some schmuck you grabbed off the street. My wife was in a store haggling over the price of a fez I was never, ever going to wear. I stepped out of the shop, and boom! You guys knocked me on the head and threw me in a van. I woke up in a concrete cell. No bed, no furniture, just an empty tomato can to shit in. I thought we might develop a special bond, like in Castaway. I'd be Tom Hanks, and the can would be my Wilson. But now, six months later, it was still just the tomato can full of shit. But you know the amazing thing? As much as you all hated me, yelled at me, beat me, the food was always excellent. You can't help it. You try to be monsters, but somewhere deep inside, you're still good hosts. I ate kebabs, gyros, baba ganoush. I was a POW for six months, and I gained 16 pounds. How do you stay so skinny? What do you like? You ever eat American food? I eat babies. Babies? Yes, babies. Little babies? Yes, yes, little babies. You eat lots of little babies? Hundreds of them. Um, where do you find these babies? From the store, in a can. Heinz, B&M. Baked beans. You like baked beans. Yes, babies. I, th I thought you meant... <laughs> no, I know eat babies. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. You still want to kill me? We had a laugh, but nothing has changed. You guys are so sure you're right. You're on a roll, killing people, blowing stuff up, making lots of trouble. You think this proves God is on your side? Well, it doesn't. It just proves that it's easier to wreck stuff than to build it. it takes a hundred guys to make a stained glass window and one idiot to throw a rock through it. You may take over some towns, maybe even a few countries, but ultimately the people will drive you out because you have nothing to offer them. You make nothing, you just destroy. And in a hundred years, if you're remembered at all, it'll be like the Huns and the Vandals, the assholes of history. Whatever you think of America, at least we make stuff. 
We make the world's best hamburgers and the world's worst cars. We make big, dumb, awesome movies and beer and donuts and padded toilet seats. We even grow those raisins you love so much. But we cover them with yogurt because raisins on their own suck. I made people laugh. Um, you know, not all that many, but at least I wasn't a terrorist or a criminal or a lawyer. I leave this world having made it just a little happier. Did you get all that? We're not rolling. What? No, it's the greatest speech I ever gave in my life. Oh, well. Now we are filming. Fine. This is my Greece. I am a tool of the oppressive and polluted United States government and its puppet state Israel. Blah, 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 blah. Tell my wife I love her and I blame her for all of this. I wanted to go to Disney World. Oh, and honey, they're cutting off my head, so I'm not going to need that fez. Prepare to die. Ooh, this is gonna sting. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perlow, with special guest voices by Dan Adut. 